Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Chuckle Duster. This is podcast nine. Woo! You are not going to believe who I have with me here today. Obviously, I'm James Hamer Morton. With me is the amazingly Australian Wim Mella, everybody. G'day, guys. How you going? You don't have to put on a fake accent. We. Uh... It's... Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I feel like I've built up this kind of aura that I need to maintain now. So where are you right now? I'm sitting in the, uh, in the living room of my house, which is in beautiful Adelaide, which is, a, which is the capital of South Australia. It's a, it's a city which is underappreciated in, in Australia, but there you go. Um, it's a, sort of a cloudy day. We're sort of, we're, we're getting into spring now down here. But uh, but you know it's on we're on the up and up. It's uh, it's summer just around the corner, and uh, I feel like you're about to go. And the high pressure wind coming in is yeah. bringing with us a, a fleet of snow. Nimbus. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, well well that's 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 right. You know I've got a um, I've got a problem with weather weather forecasters, James. This is a this is a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I, okay. I feel that why why are weather forecasters always uh, well why are they so regularly wrong i mean we've been mankind have been predicting the weather for for centuries our technology is only getting better and yet there are still mistakes with the weather forecast what's what if there is no way to actually judge the weather and all they're doing is just taking just random guesses and because <laughs> yeah. you or I are never going to bother looking into it they're just yeah. making a lot of money selling it to like bbc news and Adelaide today. I don't know. Is that is <laughs> Adelaide that... today? Yeah, yeah. So when the when the forecast comes on, they're like, "Oh, shit. open the window. What's happening out there? Oh, it's um, it's a high pressure system, which means it's hot." They yeah. lick their fingers. Yep, there's a a wind, a strong <laughs> a wind, wind on coming the left in side the of the my finger. I mean, <laughs> yeah. from the north. <laughs> from the north. It's north. Yeah, it's the combination. Snowy uh, north. The st- <laughs> So as you're aware, we like to talk about the podcast number that we're on. And this is the ninth podcast. Now, nine is a great number. And I know we've kind of said this about all the other numbers as well. But nine is especially cool because we use it so much in psychology. So, like, imagine if you go to a store. What what are the most of the prices end with? 99. Yeah. It's called psychological pricing. And it's there to deceive you. Yeah. I mean... how do you feel about shopkeepers basically deceiving you? Um, I well, I don't, I don't feel great about it, and and it's even it's even more of a deception here in Australia where we don't actually our lowest coin is a five cent piece. So if something is nineteen ninety nine, you can't if you're paying with cash, you can't pay nineteen ninety nine. Whereas in the UK, you can scrape together your pennies. But do you give like twenty or do you give? Yeah, you give it. You give a twenty, and then uh, yeah, it's a, it's a twenty. If you're paying cash, it gets rounded up. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they just take a cent from you. Oh, that's really harsh. It's, it's I don't crap. like that. Yeah. No, neither do I. Um, that's, so, but if you pay on card, it's nineteen ninety nine. But yeah. So your bank account is more exact. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's yeah. good to know. Mm. Right. So, yeah, get, a, get an Australian bank card if ever you come down here. That's the, that's the moral. I can't be losing these Australian cents. Are they? It's dollars and cents, isn't it? It is. Who's on your banknotes? Um, we've got uh, on on the hundred, um, which is a. <laughs> I'm a sure note you that, see that, many of those that, that I rarely see. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen it. I've seen it once. Um, 
We've got a we've got a, a general from um, World War One, a guy called John Monash. Uh, we've also got an opera singer. Um, yeah, Dame Nellie Melba. I'm pretty sure about this guy. I might be embarrassing myself here. Um, on the uh, on the twenty, we've got a man with glasses and a woman who looks like a man. <laughs> I'm not sure what either of them did. Um, mm. On the fifty, uh, there's a man who invented the shears for shearing sheep. Uh, and someone really? else I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, this could 10... easily be your fake fact. No. Because <laughs> no, on our bank notes, as I'm sure you're aware, um, we have Daniel Radcliffe on the 50. We've got David Tennant <laughs> on the 10. On the 10. And Simon yeah, Cowell yeah. on the 5. Nice, yeah. Tennant's on the 10, surely. Ooh. Obviously, this oh. all happened since you left. Okay, right. Well, lots, a lot have changed. Yeah. Mm. It was Darwin when I was there on the 10, I reckon. Yeah. It may still the, be. The, I actually yep. don't know. This is Sorry. the problem. I, I, I asked you the question and being like, oh, I'd be interested to know. But I, I can't actually remember who's on ours. I think you're right. Darwin is on the 10. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Queen's on all of them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. She's on our $5 note as well, which Ooh. is, I think, ridiculous. But anyway. That's she another, gets around. That's a topic for another day. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a person in a wig on the 50. How do you know it's a wig? Uh, well, I don't. That was very... Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a man with a wig or a man with a very good hairdresser. I, it's one of those two things. But again, that's a note that I I don't think I ever actually held as as my own. I don't think I ever possessed a fifty pound note. But yeah, I saw one once on a drug dealer. <laughs> right. Let's move back to nines. Right. Um, yes. So, can you name four films with nine in the title? Um, uh, nine months, the romantic comedy with Hugh Grant. Uh, cool. And nice. Jeff Goldblum. Um, uh, no. Uh, nine. Is it nine monkeys? I think it's twelve monkeys. Twelve monkeys. I'm going to save that the one for prequel, free podcast the prequel time. Was, the prequel was Nine Monkeys. Okay, I never saw it. Uh, <laughs> nine's, nine's a Rhyme, that old uh, 1950s classic with, uh, with Chuck, Chuck Bagoo, who's a, um, who's a, a renowned uh, American actor. Um, Can't say I've ever heard of that. Well, you're missing out. It's really good. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Cloud Nine. I'm just Is I'm just one? saying phrases I now think that just... have nine in them. Cloud Nine's an interesting one. Do you know why Cloud Nine? Cloud Cloud Nine is a phrase. No, no, I don't. Well, it's actually basically <laughs> because it comes from. It used to be Cloud Seven, actually, in the '60s. It used to be up on Cloud Seven, and then this book. They basically started referencing this book. This called, called the International Cloud Atlas, right? Uh-huh. which named all the different types of cloud. They defined 10 types. And the ninth cloud was the cumulonimbus. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that could go the highest out of all the clouds. There you go. I, I think that that's a fake fact. It's actually true. Bullshit. Down to the cumulonimbus. No, seriously, you could look it up. You could look it up. International Cloud Atlas, 1896 was when it was first published. Wow. I just, yeah. I'm impressed at society having read... A book to change its uh, to change its vernacular. That's great. Yeah, the four films I was going to suggest were Nine, 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 and Nine because there are four films just called Nine in really? existence, at least. Yes. My God. 
Yeah, you, what do they like, what do they relate to? What that's such a ambiguous title. Do you think I've got time to look up all this information? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm a busy man. Sorry, what I mean what I mean was uh one of them is about uh, a cat that lived for nine lives. <laughs> nice. Why do cats have nine lives? I mean they obviously they don't actually. Um I've shot many of them and none of them came back to life. Yeah. Likewise. Um, but I always figured I just got them at a lucky time. Like they 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 had used eight already. Yeah, and you were the one that put the ninth bullet in them. I was I was the final I was the final one. Maybe maybe that's your film, The Ninth Bullet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's that <laughs> There's this um English proverb that says a cat has nine lives. For three <clears throat> he plays, for three he strays, and for the last three he stays. See, what does that mean? It means there are no female cats. <laughs> It means always do laundry on Mondays. Maybe. No, apparently it's because they, they can survive like ridiculous drops. You can you can chuck don't, mm. by the way, but you could throw one off a skyscraper and it would land and it would probably live. It might be injured, but it would probably on, live. Off a skyscraper? Yeah, they've, they've actually, cats have fallen off skyscrapers and lived. And it's because they're so difficult to kill. I'm going to rephrase that. <laughs> I have a cat. I love my cat. I would never try and kill a cat. I'd recommend that you don't. But because they they are they don't die easy, which is another wow. another film name. They don't die easy. Yeah. <laughs> That's why in in like mythology people think they have many lives. In like Spanish regions, they think it's seven lives. In Turkish wow. and Arabic legends, they say they've got six lives, but we say nine for some reason. Maybe we're just a generous society. It's a it's it's a curious it's a curious thing that maybe it's something that parents used to tell their children. No, no, I can't. I why, why? Why would they do that? I don't that? know why cats. Why we imbue cats with this extra thing? Daddy, daddy, whim, daddy, whim. <laughs> Why is my cat not dying when I drown him in the toilet? <sighs> because he's got nine damn lives, James. Why are you American, Wim? Why, why do you sound like a girl? Because I'm a child. Why can't I get a job? <laughs> why do you always... No, no, please! Why do I have to get myself beer? Go get me a beer! <laughs> please don't smash it over my head again. I've only got one life unlike a cat. Be a oh. man. Ah, segway. Nice. That was good. That was good. That's it was, exactly it was going how it down happens. a it was going down a strange path. But uh, you draw it back. Nice. So speaking of cats, the Cato Nine Tales. Ah, right. Now that's something that I'm familiar with because okay. in our um, Australian convict past, the Cato Nine Tales was a uh, was a, a regular form of um, punishment for for people who who were building. This country, I guess, who the the first nice. arrivals here, who uh, were were convicts, so convict labour was used to build a lot of the infrastructure initially in Australia, and if they were bad, they got flogged with a cat of nine tails. Why and, is it called uh, a cat? Because uh, are you familiar with the construction of a cat of nine tails? It's got nine strings of leather, and each string of leather has a little knot or a little barb on the end. So I guess those little knots or barbs would have been like claws. But ah. cats don't have claws on their tails, so... Nor no. do they whip you with their tails. You know those those kind of leather things, yeah? They call them thongs. And over here, obviously, we think of that something different. But if I'm not mistaken, Australians say something different about thongs as well. Thongs for us are, um, are flip-flops. I mean, that's weird. 
Yeah. To us. Yeah. I, I, For uh, you to say the only thing covering the girl's modesty is a thong, you might go, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Hide those toes, lady. Yeah. I, I had a friend uh, who was working at a school in the UK, and she's Australian, and she went down to Crete for a holiday and during the summer, and she came back, and um, the kids were saying, oh, how was, how was, your, uh, how was your holiday? She's like, yeah, it was, it, was, it was great. Yeah, I got some sun. And, yeah. But you should see my thong tan, which is when you're walking around and you get your feet tanned. And the yep, kids yep. sort of looked at her ashen face and then she realized what she'd what she said. She's like, oh, my, my flip-flop tan, flip-flop tan, flip-flop, flip-flop tan. Oh, so, yeah. All these, these issues between cultures. Yeah. Yeah. Always reminds me of that Friends episode before I realised that Americans called their rear ends their fanny the fa- yeah. rather than what we say, which is the front. What do you say? Yeah, for us, the, f- the front would be the fanny. It's yep. the, the girl front bit. And yeah. then there's that bit the in Friends where, where Phoebe says something like, oh, I got hit on the fanny. And you go, what? Oh, he did what? Oh, God. Yeah. My mum's oh, in the room. Oh, God. <laughs> there's also that. Did you see the Americans come the nanny? Do you remember that? No. No, oh, it's this. Um, it's a, it's a funny. Well, it's a, it's a, on, it's an endearing show, and the opening, um, the opening tune for that, um, talks about how the character was kicked out and she was out on her fanny. Oh, yeah, that was quite confronting as a, as a child. Ah, what are they doing, these Americans? They, they just, they're messing with us. I wonder at what point the, the word diverged anatomically. Why is it the rear here and the front there? They're so anatomically close. Maybe it's someone trying to persuade their girlfriend to have anal sex. And it's like, all the other girls do it in the fanny, which means, which means bottom. Bottom. Ask them. Ask, ask this lovely (laughs) Jeremiah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, is it true that you have sex in the fanny? (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, I love it in the fanny. Where else would one put it? (gasps) Oh, my, I must try it. Yep, that's it. I can I can I, see it now. That's the best theory I've ever heard. That's also the only theory I've ever heard, but it's certainly that's the best, the best theory. theory. Yeah, I, that's probably exactly what it is. Oh, it man. must be. Oh, this is <laughs> this is fact now. If you hear it on the Chuckle Duster podcast, it must be fact. Yeah, the only repository um, of of knowledge. Yeah. Okay. Dressed to the nines. Have you ever heard that? I have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, I, there is, this one is actually, no one's actually sure where this came from. Ah, okay. So, I want you to come up with your best thought on, on where it came from. Okay. If it's something to do with anal sex, I'm going to love it. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I've, I have heard that about you, but that's fine. Um... <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> no, they uh, didn't. Just- Dressed to the nines. Um, okay. I'll tell you where the where most people think that it might have come from. And that's because in French, nine is neuf. Neuf. Which also means new. Uh-huh. So it's like maybe dressed to the nines comes from a French for all with new clothes. Yeah, right. But it, dressed to the nines doesn't necessarily mean new clothes it just means dress maybe it did impeccable impeccable yeah right yeah i guess back in those days you your um your clothes had a shorter lifespan because life is just like messier probably walking around Mm -hmm. through horse and whatnot actually you know that's actually um if you've ever heard uh break a leg in english Mm -hmm. right 
you, we say that when we want to wish someone good luck in a theatre play or yeah. something, and that's and that's I believe because the leg in the theatre is the the kind of pulley system that uh, that closes and opens the curtains at the front. Hmm. So the idea would be if you've done a really good show and they keep clapping, the stage manager is going to have to keep opening and shutting the curtains to let you have another bow. So you break yeah. the leg. Popular in French, I <laughs> you not. You say the word <laughs> which means really? yeah. And apparently, un- unless all my French friends are taking the piss and actually they're lying to me with all their fake facts, apparently this is because way back when you were walking through horse all the time, the more people that came to your theatre, the more horses there would be. And no, therefore, wow. if you had a popular play, the front of the theatre would be covered in shit. So they wish you shit in that you sell out. Wow. No joke. Yeah. And yeah. I never, I never knew this. And so when I worked in France and I was doing a show over there, Basically, they just said, <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Huh? <laughs> I hope your show is <laughs> what? Wait, hang on. <laughs> hang on. Wait, what? <laughs> they were messing with me, weren't they? They were actually messing with me. If you're maybe, French maybe and you're listening just... in, please tell us whether this yeah. is true or not. <laughs> because it sounds like <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it means? <clears throat> well, I think dressed in nines means. Mm-hmm. What are, where, where do you um, think it comes from? I I think that the um, that there was a magazine called the Nines, and uh, it was a a fashion periodical, much like Vogue today, but mm-hmm. now obsolete. Uh, and people would dress up in the hope that they would feature in this periodical, the Nines. Oh, so you target it to the Nines? Yeah. Oh, but talking about number uh, things sounding like other things, nine. Okay, we often talk about what things sound like in in Chinese and Japanese and all these kind of Far Eastern um, uh, languages because it seems like all of their numbers sound like something else. Nine is another one of their good lucky numbers because yep. it sounds like the word for long lasting. Now, when I hear long lasting, I'm thinking that's a good number. Yeah, that's all I think that too. Right, what about, uh, here's the other phrase that I thought you might say earlier, the whole nine yards. If you ah. go the whole nine yards, where do you think that comes from? Is that is that a baseball term? Is that where you run to home base? You mean, uh, oh, I see what you mean. And my first thought when I heard it, I was like, go the whole nine yards. Surely that's a, like an American football thing where you've got to run a certain oh, number yeah. of yards to get the next out. It's actually 10 yards, though, I think. So oh, yeah. it's not that. What it actually comes from is World War One, okay? okay? And uh, when when the trenches were really close, they could be, they were often and they put them about nine yards apart, right? Oh, man. Because any closer, and you might as well dig to the enemy, right? So when they were that close, it was so easy for them just to chuck a grenade over that their best technique wasn't to like shoot from trench to trench. It was basically to leg it to the next trench and take out your enemies that way. So you would basically be charging the enemy. And if you made it there, you, you, you had gone the whole nine yards. Wow. That's ugh, horrific. That crazy? That is horrific. Yeah. It's also my fake fact. Yeah. Ah, oh, God. The, the reason why. Sorry, I had you convinced, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> the reason why. The reason why this uh, I chose this for my fake fact was because 
this genuinely nobody actually knows. This is, they call this the most prominent etymological riddle of our time because nobody has a clue. Really? The, the whole nine yards? Nobody has a clue why that's the whole, yeah, wh- where that comes from. Wow. That, well, Except for you, of course. Yeah, I, I, I know. Uh, I actually wrote my PhD on this. But I'm, I'm, that makes me determined to find out what it is. I, I get the feeling like if nobody's figured tried. it out by now, it's only going to get harder as time goes on. Yeah. It's going to get harder and harder, isn't it? It was from a, the, the first recorded use that they found is from a newspaper uh, where they were talking about a baseball game. So I thought it's quite interesting that you mentioned baseball. But they they basically said that uh, they can't promise it's going to go the full nine yards, as in uh, it might end before it goes all the way through all the innings. But it's... Ah, like, right. It, Interesting. Yeah. But that, that doesn't explain where it comes from. That just shows that's the first use that they can find of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it was probably in existence before then. Yeah. Okay, we've got some questions. We've got some questions from our listeners. <clears throat> okay. For us to mull over and discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, and one from Becca is, what first inspired you to do improv? Oh. So uh, I guess we can both answer that. So what, what first inspired you to do improv? Was it just people laughed at you and then you thought, I might as well make this deliberate? <laughs> That's pretty much exactly <laughs> what it was. Yeah. I, I think people, a lot of comedians are like that. Yeah. It's, and it's sort of, um, it's kind of strange when it happens, but uh, when people laugh kind of with you instead of at you mm. um and then how does that of, feel it's it's weird <laughs> uh yeah you'll get there one day james don't worry yeah uh, uh, <laughs> and then um yeah then, then what happens it's kind of a it's kind of addictive and then uh improv itself i i think that it's such a uh a beautifully organic form of of comedy where anything can and will happen and it's it's just a matter of just rolling with the punches, and I think that it cannot, as as we all know, it can completely fail. But um, but I think that the reward. Why are you looking was- at me? <laughs> oh wait, this is a Skype call between the two of us. That's why. Yeah, okay, carry exactly, on. Yeah, but I. I'm not if paranoid. Even if, if it was a crowded room, I'd probably still look at you in that situation. But uh, it when it when it works, it's uh, it's it's incredible. I think. And so the I love the, the discovery the that you get with an audience. Yeah. So you're discovering it while they're discovering it. So yeah. you, the, an audience kind of realizes this, and they're really excited by that a bit, a bit more. I think. Yeah, I think this, and I think that people are. Um, yeah, I think that I think that they're generous with their with their laughter as well when it's all just so clearly, un, uh, you know, unprepared, disorganized, if you will. And hopefully. if they've had a hand in creating it, I yeah, suppose, by giving yeah. the suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. How did you get into improv? Um, I, you see, I, I often say that I'm rubbish at learning lines, and <laughs> and that's probably why. Um, no, I'm going to rephrase that. I often use this as an excuse as to why uh, why I get I got into improv and, and uh, something bad I say about myself. But I don't actually think I am this bad. But I always say that I'm bad at learning lines, and therefore improv is great because you don't have to learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I, I don't think you should limit improv comedy to being up on stage. I think anytime you're yeah. making conversation with someone in the pub and you make everybody laugh, that's the same thing. That is improv comedy as well. 
And if it's if it's something that's that you our can... secret, James. Don't. Sorry, <laughs> don't I mean uh, it's you've got to train in it. It's for extremely years, difficult. No and one it's else expensive try. And unless you unless you can do it amazingly to start with, don't even bother getting into it. Please don't take adjuncts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I think it's something that you can hone, and it's something that you can you can bring from the reason why you first started trying to entertain people. Mm. And for me, that was that probably was I didn't want people to laugh at me. Um, I wanted to have control of when people laughed at me, yeah. and that's probably why I started trying to be funny. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a horrific answer, really. Um, yeah, it's quite telling. Us up. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Thanks, Becca. Yeah. But, thanks, uh, Becca. Yeah, Becca, you should uh, you should try it. It's uh, it's it's really it's really good fun. It's funny you should mention that because actually she sent another question in saying, do you have any advice for someone starting in improv? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not joking. That's actually what happened. She said that in as well. Cool. Well, yeah, do it. Just 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 do it. There's nothing you can. I mean, there there are there are lots of techniques that uh, obviously when when we started coming together as a group, um, we did a lot of workshops on uh, on improv techniques. Mm. Um, the biggest one is obviously the, the classic accept whatever is given yeah. to you it's all about yeah. accepting that's if correct someone... James oh perfect <laughs> demonstration there, there, there Wim. thank you very much hope you're taking notes Becca yeah um, or just replay the podcast because I'm sure it's just as funny the second time uh, the modern world I'm still I'm still getting used to it I, it's pretty amazing that we're on two separate continents you know Oh, thousands insane. of miles apart and we're having a conversation and recording it so that people everywhere else in the world can also hear our conversation yeah advice for improv basically yes, right Sorry. just go for it learn as you go have fun with it yeah um, and and in terms of the the sort of the systems or whatever i think that's something that changes from group to group i think that you mm. um i think that the thing to do is just to find a group of people who want to do it and a space to do it in maybe eventually but, um, even if you only do it with yourselves yeah, at the start, yeah, e- even if yeah. you basically do masturbatory improv, mm. just play with yourselves. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make a word of those things. An audience. But... Yeah, I, I think that I ruined that. Masterprov. Um, masterprov. <laughs> you heard it here first. Hashtag masterprov. <laughs> even if you do that to start with, well, you're getting used to it. It's a great start, and you will learn so much just from doing it. Um, what other tips are there other than just accept everything? Um, you've got to be free with, uh, with, with whoever you're doing improv with to be able to accept everything. Mm. Yeah. That's, you've got yeah, to be so to free that whatever they give yeah. you, just, just try it. Even if someone, you know, if there's a suggestion that basically means you're going to have to do an accent that you know you can't do, just do it. Yeah. If it fails, it'll be funny. This is something we often have in Chuckle Duster is the virtue in failure. A lot of people, I mean, this is proper Chuckle Duster secrets. Um, we, we often start a Chuckle Duster show with a game that includes, uh, you know, one of our die mechanics so that the audience shouts out die when we mess up. And it's all very funny. The reason for that is basically so that you guys realize and we realize that there's virtue in failure. If we fail, it's funny. Mm. And that's basically one of the best things about improv is that if it works, it's funny. If it fails, it's funny. Yeah. You can't really fail because failing is funny. Yeah. And once you understand that, you can kind of go into it with a lot more freedom and a lot more trust in yourselves. Yeah, I, th- I think freedom's, a, freedom's another good one. I think that you 
just yeah just need to just just lay it all out there and just enjoy yeah Okay, here's here's an interesting one that I think uh, I think something that's relevant to you. We have a question from Emma about the weather. Do we prefer extreme hot or extreme cold? Wim, go. Hmm. Thanks. Thanks for the question, Emma. Um, I I previously would have answered that I prefer extreme cold, and I would have said that that's because it's easier to get cold to get warm when it's cold than it is to get cold mm. when it's when it's hot i now think that actually extreme hot is better because is this after you've been in england yeah i've this after been in england <laughs> and this is just coming out of a winter here as well and i'm just kind of sick of the cold so and i and i think that cold has a sort of a, a negative psychological effect on people a lot of the time as well so I think probably extreme heat is um, is better, and that's said from a uh, from the point of view of a of a hot and sweaty man. I uh, I tell you, my my body is no friend of the hot. But um, I suppose but yeah. there's always there's always air conditioning. There there well there isn't always air conditioning. I, I don't think, um, but mm. the generally there is. You can always have a cold shower. Um, oh yeah, you can. But there's also if it's extremely hot, then everyone's kind of in it together. So you sort of it's the same with the cold, but but you just sort of like you just you just can't move, and so but neither can anyone. So it's fine, except for the elderly. They really struggle in both those things. <laughs> oh. Ooh, if you're elderly and listening in, we hope you're enjoying an a temperate, moderate climate yeah, right now. Exactly, or or air conditioning. What's, uh, what's I, your preference? I tend to think probably the same as you, or at least initially, that it's better to, to be cold because then you can put on layers mm. and you can warm up. Yeah. But I have to say, if I'm faced with a cold beer, I would much rather it be really hot. And that cold beer is going to taste so much better than if it's really cold. And I'm like, this is making me colder. Yeah. But the thing about cold weather is you've got red wine, which, True. Is, which is good. True. There's so you, an alcohol for any any temperature. Yeah, you need to you need to choose your drink according to the uh, according to the climate. That's 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 the lesson there. And what do you prefer, red wine or do you prefer a cold beer? I I prefer I prefer red wine. Uh, oh, yeah. So arguably, then the temperature that, that you put, prefer that is cold. Pushes me into the cold. Yeah, it's, mm. it's true. Although having a having a red glass of red wine when it's a hot evening, so it's 20 degrees Celsius at 10 p.m., which is something that happens here a bit. You just sort of sit outside. Show off. It's, it's glorious, and you drink a glass of red wine in that situation. It's great. Giant spiders. Giant spiders. You get, they got a snake sucking on your leg. Mm. It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> I feel like alcohol Visit gets Australia. discussed quite a lot on uh, <laughs> on podcasts like this. Well, I mean, it's it's my it's my my main pastime. So. Um, <laughs> We've often actually said we'd like to do a, a kind of live podcast in like a, a a pub or something like that with an actual audience getting drunk with us. And maybe you do a podcast at the start of you starting to drink and then you have a few more drinks and then you do a second podcast and you kind of see the difference between the first one where we're quite compass mentis and the last one where we're just like everything we say is funny, but it's really not. And then we listen back to it later and go, this is so embarrassing. It's going to be funny. Man, I well, 
That sounds that sounds awesome. It's it's ten to nine a.m. now here. Um, it's, I think. It's Why around... have you got red wine already? Then <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start drinking in the mornings to prepare so that somehow I could be involved in this drunk podcast. How long ago since you uh, since you left England? Uh, a year. Okay, so you're still on English time, so it's fine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still go down and I catch the tube. It's it's mainly me just walking through the sewers, but my heart's still there. (laughs) And finally, on this week's podcast, we have a question from Mark. Um, It's it's tips, really. He wants tips from us, and I think he's chosen the right people to ask for tips for the beginner's guide to train spotting. Uh Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Well, Mark, the first thing that you need to know is um, is you need to you need to look at the part when it comes to transporting. Mm, mm. So you need to buy some sort of anorak and a flat cap. You need to um, buy a, a nice, not top of the line, but a sturdy pair of binoculars. You need to get a um, a, a notepad, uh, oh, and yeah. and you need to and you need to wet yourself. Once you've done those things, you'll <laughs> look the part, and the rest is pretty much cake. I mean, I I feel that the the problem a lot of people come across is where do you find these trains in the wild, and I mm-hmm. think um, generally if you look on the rails, that's where I find the trains often appear from. Yeah, it's um, that's that's a that's a good point, and that's um, something that took me a long time to to work out. And I think that a lot of newcomers to the art of train spotting um, struggle with that. Yeah, coming to that realization. I mean, I I spent days wandering in the in the forests of of the UK and and on along the coasts trying to find these mm. things. Um, I didn't. I hadn't quite cracked that code that if you follow the rails, you almost inevitably will find a train. Mm. I mean, I didn't find any when I went snorkeling. That was a complete waste of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've uh, I've 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 heard that. Um, but uh, now we know. Now we do, and now we're passing that knowledge on to you, folks. So if you're ever going train spotting, look for rails. Hmm. Well, it's just that easy. thank you guys very much for tuning in, uh, if indeed you did. If not, well, you won't hear this bit. So thank you very much for tuning in. Um, <laughs> if, you do, <laughs> if you do want to contribute to our lovely podcast, please, please tweet at us or, or send us a Facebook message or something using the hashtag CDPodcast. And we may use your topic or your question in a future podcast. Please, please do this, because otherwise we have no content. And trust me, we are boring when we're, we're talking about nothing. Uh, you, you should just, you just trust, trust that we are damn boring. So it's, uh, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. We'll see you next time. Cheers, guys. See you, Bye. guys. Bye. Bye.